Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders around the world. We're back. Crypto Talk Radio is back on the air for another episode. And hopefully, you were not too upset, perturbed, disturbed, or bothered by my out-of-cycle update. That's a shout-out to the listener that sent me that request. I did read it, heard you loud and clear. But hopefully, you were not too much bothered by the previous update, which was not expected, not planned, but just informing that I would not be moving the podcast after all and would leave it on the host, and it still is there for now as I kind of work through the issues with the terms and conditions. They're not major things. They're more personal pet peeves, things that bother me. They probably wouldn't bother other people, but I'm, as a former auditor, very risk averse. I'm very cautious. As well, this is kind of a project for me that I take very seriously. I don't want anything to affect it. I don't want anything to disrupt it. The current host has pretty much assured me repeatedly, this is what we do, this is who we are, and you ain't got nothing to worry about, at least until such a time as they get bought out, which has happened to so many other hosts. The other hosts out there, just to give you a sense of this, they want to try to charge me hundreds of dollars to give the same service I've been doing so far at no cost, and I don't support that. So, as it stands, it will be on its current host, Substack, for the foreseeable future. This means that you can subscribe to Substack if you choose. We added the widget on CryptoTalkRadio.net, the site. Right there in the upper section, you can add your email address. I saw somebody had just done it today. Thank you. And you'll get updates, alerts, messages, as well as any messaging coming from me directly that I think need to bring to your attention, but also notifications and new episodes if you prefer to get them via email. That's available to you. Another feature that we are beta testing, and I want to stress the word beta. It's something that, of course, Satama understands nothing about, but it's truly a beta. We are working on building out a feed that you can add to your podcast application of choice that lets you take our YouTube channel and they're the snippets. So basically the way that the podcast works, this goes to the person who reached out. We have the main podcast. That's what you're listening to now. Then we have the YouTube channel. The way that I designed it, think of the YouTube channel as what I used to have when I started the podcast, which are more bite-sized chunks. Like if you think of a true channel, right? They're like 30 minutes or 40 minutes of a TV show. And then there's a playlist. And then in crypto, Today, there's just the, the two playlists. You've got basically the dailies, everything that happens. And then there's another one I created just for like milestones, but that doesn't really count. And then there's a Satama one. So if you wanted to go back in time and understand all of the different data I collected around Satama, it's its own playlist. So think of it, if you're, think of YouTube as you're watching TV and you can literally just go through the channels and the episodes and it'll just play. Well, we created, and we're still beta testing this, but we created a feed that you can add to your podcast application with the YouTube audio, which again are snippets for those that prefer the more bite-sized chunks of coverage. Here's the caveat though. The YouTube has certain exclusive coverage because of urgency or time. Sometimes there's a project that we see and it's like right now something's happening, something's gonna happen in the next day and let's say it's a Friday. Well, my next podcast recording isn't going to happen until that next Tuesday. So by the time I get to you guys, 
whatever event has already passed. Now I can give it to you on external news and that's what I've been doing. But for YouTube, I figured somebody might be searching for this right now. So I'll go ahead and just publish it up to the date and it's the replacement for what I did before as the out of cycle updates. What I'm saying is if you're interested in that and I had a person who expressed interest in that, YouTube's where you want to be. It's going to give you those up to the minute type updates. This new feed that we're creating, you can on your podcast application of choice. So for Android, we recommend AntennaPod, but it doesn't matter. They allow you to put in what's called an RSS URL or an RSS address. That's what we created. You plug it in there and it turns the audio from our YouTube channel into a podcast, basically. It is in beta, so it's not going to have the latest episodes that we published. It's for you to kind of toy with it, test it, see how it worked for you. Ideally, give us some feedback. Some people had some difficulties getting to the comments form. I'm not sure why, but if you go to CryptoTalkRadio.net, on the left, you should be seeing, and I don't know if you're going through a mobile interface or you're going through a computer, but if you're going through a computer, it's on the side, you can hit home and it'll take you to the main page and it's right there at the bottom. If you're going on a phone or a tablet, it may be in what's called a burger menu. It's the three lines in the upper left and you may need to hit that to see the side menu. Either way, when you get to the home site, comments, feedback's there. We do want that feedback. Let us know if you do try that out, this uh, YouTube to podcast feed. If you do try it out, let us know. Give us some feedback of the experience. We've tested it. It does work. It's a little buggy, but there's re we know why it's buggy. Right now, we're just trying to see if people even have interest in it, number one, because it's going to be a, if we decide to go forward with it, it will be one of the subscription value add services. So you'll be able to, if you become a supporter, as part of your subscription, you'll have access to this feed, but we need to gauge interest first. We need to see if people really want this. We don't want to waste anyone's time. If it's only a select few that would want it, I would steer them directly to YouTube whenever they need to uh, play that snippet audio. If there's a lot of people that have interest in the snippet episodes from YouTube, then again, we would create that, we would expedite, because that's on deck here for April, is to have the supporter service where for a little bit of money you get access to these value add things and then this feed would be the first, but it depends on the feedback. I need to hear from you guys. Let me know if this is even something you like, if it works for you, if you prefer it, give me that feedback. CryptoTalkRadio.net, go to home, submit the form, let us know what you think. And let's go ahead and get into our external news because I think there's a lot going on some of which is, I'd say all of it's expected, but some of these are pretty signature things. You've heard me mention on a couple of occasions about Cardano and how I, it's one of those, I don't know why it's not more successful than it is. Cardano recently has added nearly half a million wallets in just the first quarter of the year. This is a lot of wallets in a very short amount of time. And it indicates that there's an increase in interest in Cardano. Now, what I suspect is happening is the amount of news around Cardano ADA is just simply causing people to FOMO onto it because they see this is going to price increase. It's not going to be significant high, we don't think. Cardano's peak, I want to say it was like $3.30 or possibly got to four, but I know it's like in the $3 range. It's not going to be like significant high, but at the same time, it 
could end up being much higher than where it is, certainly, but not to the point you're like double digits, three digits. Years from now, if Cardano is successful in all the things they're doing, it is possible that they could get a strong price movement in the distant future. Like to me, Cardano is one of those long plays. Remember, it took Ethereum some years to get to where it is. And I suspect Cardano, if done right, could be very similar in its approach and it's how long it takes to get to that point. So I would, my advice to you guys would be keep an eye on Cardano. If you've never looked at Cardano, I say keep an eye on it. I'm not telling you to buy or not buy. I'm saying keep an eye on it. And if it makes sense for your investment portfolio, you can get Cardano pretty much anywhere. It's not difficult. It's pretty much every exchange has it. So you buy it from an exchange. It Remember, Cardano is not one of those that you would buy like through a swap or any of that kind of stuff. It's its own network. It's its own blockchain. It's one of the primary tokens like a Tron or a Polygon or so on. So you ideally should be buying it from an exchange if you do buy it. Now, here's the trick. There are different dApps and games and different things in the Cardano network that may catch your eye if you get into it and you see that some of this is of interest to you. There's an actual dedicated wallet for Cardano. You're not going to be able to access some of this stuff through like your trust wallet or through your SafePal even or others. You can store it there. I'm talking to actually access some of this stuff like to buy into another token that's on the Cardano chain. You're likely not going to be able to do it through your most common wallets out there today. There's a different wallet. I forget the name off the top of my head, but it's a different wallet. It starts with like a Y. And I know that's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying to me. But the truth is that this is like the early phases of Cardano being used for more than just store of value. So it's going to take some time before that gets added to your wallets as an eligible network type. And when I say network type, this would be where you have to add the custom coin to your wallet and you have that list and it says Ethereum and Binance and Tron. That's what I'm talking about. You're not going to see Cardano in there yet. It'll get there, but it's going to take more widespread adoption of a thing. Right now, we're just early. We're early on it, so be patient. I would say hold off. Try not to get tempted by FOMO on anything you see for now and hold it as a store of value. Watch its behavior. If you choose to buy in, I'm saying, watch its behavior and then trade it like any other cryptocurrency that you might do for its store of value primarily. And the Ronin Network. If you're not on social media, you have no idea what I'm talking about. The Ronin network is part of one of, it's one of, rather not part of, one of the chains that powers Axie Infinity. You've heard me talk intermittently about Axie Infinity. It's arguably one of the top gaming uh, on the blockchain applications that there is. It got hacked. I mentioned this on a past episode briefly, but it got hacked over 600 million, what happens is this Ronin network bridge allows people to transition funds between the Ronin network and the Ethereum network so that they can get into this Axie Infinity business. This, the bridge is what was hacked. And so there are updates on social media where they're talking about, you know, they're dumping funds out to Tornado Cash, which is how they're washing the funds and hiding their trail. And it's like an ongoing thing. Like it keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. The interesting thing about this, one of my updates that's going to happen, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be today's because I got to go.
go and process my archives, but I'm pretty sure it's today. I did an update on Libero Bank and I talked about the wrapped, wrapped Libero. And I said that it's basically a way to transport currency from A to B. The way that this Ronin works is using this wrapping from Ronin to Ethereum and vice versa. So it's the breach is around the technology itself, not around the currency, but because it's dealing with wrapped currency, it means every single bridge that's using that concept has to be very careful and secure what it's doing. This means that everything that's kind of using some of these cross chain bridges, as it's called, have to be very careful because a lot of them are very vulnerable in the code. Like it's a conceptual thing in the way that cross chain bridges work. It's like a man in the middle, in a sense, way that they're intercepting the currency as it moves. And so anytime you have a cross chain bridge, and I'll give you some examples. If you were to go to Spooky Swap, Spooky Swap has a tool at the top and called Bridge. And you go there and it says, what's your source currency, which is either Phantom or say Binance or Ethereum. And what do you want as your destination? So what it's saying is, let's say I've got Phantom on the Binance chain and I want to send it to the Phantom chain. That's a cross chain bridge. You're taking the token that exists on one network, one chain, and you're converting it to go to the other. It's that transition between the two. That's where they're getting intercepted. There are a number of them out there. The spooky swap I'm aware of, any swap which changed this name, and there's quite a few other ones. I think QuickSwap has some sort of a bridge. Ones like Elk Finance aren't affected because Elk Finance, who I think very highly of, works different. In Elk Finance, you're buying the source currency as Elk. So you would buy, in this case, Binance Elk. Then you're telling it, I want Phantom Elk. So they've got Elk on every single one of the chains. And when you get to Phantom Elk, I want you to use one of them as the gas and then give me back the, the change. So it basically does its own transaction within itself. It's not affected by this because you're not wrapping anything. You're just basically saying, here's my Binance elk send it to your store give me back phantom elk from the different store and give me the change for the gas to do it that's why i like elk so much because even though it's like three times the steps it's safer because it's not directly sending the currency like these cross chains are doing it's the fact they're directly sending it that's causing i believe the risk in how these things work so there's not really much you can do because cross-chain is necessary, I will call out that the idiot Vitalik is the one that said, eh, we should just do cross-chain. This is what it is. And then later said, okay, cross-chain is not the right answer. So he's kind of flip-flopped. And then he came back and said, well, this is, this is what I'm talking about. This is why I said not to do it, even though earlier he was an advocate for it. So I think cross-chain is a necessary thing it's necessary for the success of the business because the fact is you're going to have situations like if you're on Ethereum where something's going to catch your eye on the Binance chain and you don't want to go out to the exchange. If you're in the United States, we can't just go and buy Binance directly. There's ways to do it, but it's more hoops. Tron is another good example. So I just think it's one where you, we have to have a solution and right now there's not a clean solution to the problem. Then 
I kept talking about how every time the president goes up and talks, he trashes cryptocurrency because he says something that causes people to freak out. Well, what happens also is that the Federal Reserve, there's different people in the Federal Reserve, which runs essentially the banks, and they'll have different things. So Janet Yellen, she'll talk out, or this other person will talk out. Now, there's a different person saying, you know, we need to get our balance sheet down. We need to tighten monetary policy. We need to get our debt out. And then it crapped Binance is what it did. It recovered. But the point is, is that if this was the stock market, this wouldn't be acceptable that random people just come out and they just say these random things that talk about cracking down on cryptocurrency. And it harms the price movement because the investors get sketchy. They get really sketchy because they're not sure, as I've said before, I suspect it's just precursors to a crypto ban or crackdown. And them talking about doing crackdowns on the exchanges seems to support that argument. What I don't like is that their individual statements are not consistent. In one vein, Biden's talking about we need to lock stuff down. Then Janet Yellen says, eh, we don't need to do anything. Then this guy's like, yep, we need to do something. I believe it's all, I believe it's all, I don't want to say collusion, but they're working together to harm cryptocurrency purposely. I believe that that's what they're trying to do. Yellen's supposed to be coming out and doing something to add more context to what's being talked about. I think it's going to make it worse. What I'm saying to you folks is I would expect some more dips here in the next future, possibly strong ones. We've been in a red market here recently. I suspect we're going to get some more because these people can't just keep the damn mouth shut. And it seems to kill the pricing because we have very sketchy investors which I think is a symptom of the fact that we've got like banks and other hedge funds, big companies invested. I think that's what's causing it is just those are the ones going to be most sketchy. I don't think it's like casual investors. I suspect it's it's going to be the big ones, the big one banks that do that. And I'll get to a little bit more about that in a second. Ledger, which is a hardware wallet that's offered. Ledger has been involved in a serious issue with Spotify or Shopify. I'm sorry, not Spotify, Shopify. Sorry. Been an issue. There was a breach. People's information, their personal information was released as well to this hack. And they notified people what happened. And this is not the first time they've had a couple of situations happen, happen. And they're about to go to court because another class action lawsuit was filed against it. California was the where the first one was filed and then that one was dismissed and then there was a second one. Now, this new one is coming because there's a different exploit around MailChimp and it's a pretty detailed situation. I'm going to try my best to detail it because it also potentially ties into Trezor, which is another hardware wallet that recently had a breach. So let me talk about the Trezor situation and you'll see what I'm saying when I say that I think they're connected. So what happens is that the MailChimp got, they had somebody on the inside and whoever this was, they created a breach. So anybody that knows things about hacked companies or breach companies realizes that chances are if you got breached like what we're seeing here we know it's an inside job 
and a lot of companies don't do enough to secure their systems against these types of things. So they said that essentially what happened is that this person set up a phony domain where the wallet would send notifications that were not real notifications that could have been used to take somebody's information. But they look legit because they're coming from actual Trezor information inside, but they're phony domains. It's a, it's a really crazy situation. And so that's why I said that I suspect this is connected then to what's happening with Ledger, where you could even have collusion. You could have somebody inside at Trezor and somebody inside at Ledger who had this idea to set this stuff up where the goal is to get people to get their sensitive information sent across through this phony domain, intercept it, get their wallet, and then drain it. The problem is you would have no trail of when this would happen unless you could identify who set up these domains. Because if you got somebody seed phrase, you're not going to know who was who was breached because IP address is not logged in blockchain today. And seed phrase is the worst thing you can get access to. Same with password, password in the private wallet. But seed phrase is the worst because you don't really have any record of who got what without some really deep forensics. Now, the issue apparently has been resolved. They've gotten rid of the phony domains and they seem to have cleaned it up, but the damage has been done. So I guess my call to action for you guys is if you're using a Trezor wallet or a Ledger wallet, they may have published some updates. I don't know that that's true or not. However, I would tell you guys, please don't send your seed phrase, which is that 12 word thing you're supposed to write down. Please don't send that to anybody. You're not supposed to. You shouldn't. Write it down somewhere, put it in a safe, do something where nobody can get access to that phrase because that's that's the keys to your wallet. So please do not let that get out or any passwords. Don't give anything about your wallet to anybody who asks. Nobody needs that information. If somebody's working with you troubleshooting, they're not or should not be asking you for any seed phrase or any wallet address or they can ask you for the public wallet address to like send you something or to identify it on blockchain, but not the seed phrase, not the private key. Be careful. Please be careful because that's a serious, serious, serious problem on this one. That's all I got for the external news for right now. There's other stuff, but I'm not going to talk about it here because I want to go ahead and get into our internal news real quick. That won't take that long. And then, of course, our underdog token for today. Internal news number one. I just got notified that there's a strong probability that one of these calls that I've been anxiously waiting on might actually go forward. I'm waiting this week to hear back. If it goes forward, what it means is I will finally get to leave Nevada. Hercules, Hercules. Get the hell out of Nevada. And it's starting to get hot too. So that means that I'll have to coordinate the schedule around getting out of Nevada. According to the people I talk to, it shouldn't be a problem. We'll just need to work together. Basically, nothing would change for you guys at all. You won't even see anything change as far as my recording cadence schedule. But there may be one, possibly two episodes that are recorded on my phone like that'd be the worst I can think of and if it is I still can get the very close to the audio quality that you're hearing now so I 
I work very hard to make sure I keep the quality consistent now that I have a groove, but I'm going to have to obviously tear down my, my setup in order to pack it so that I can get ready to get on the road. None of this is confirmed, but I need to be mentally ready for this move. It's a very exciting move. I'm going to a place I don't really want to be. However, I'm okay with it because it will establish my ability to build a brand more, which I currently lack. And I'll get away from freaking Nevada. So I'm, I'm excited about the ability to get away from Nevada. That's like number one on my list, getting out of Nevada, getting away from these people, getting straightforward, progress moving. It's exciting. And any updates around the move specifically, going forward are going to be covered on casual talk radio because I don't want to take up the time on crypto talk radio on the particulars on casual talk radio, every episode where there's not a guest, I do give details about the move. So that's where you'd want to listen in. If you wanted to follow along on that journey, the other piece is this weekend on Saturday evening, Pacific time, six o'clock. I'm going to be hosting a class for anybody who's trying to get into podcasting. It's basically letting them know all the lessons I learned to build out the podcasts that I have getting to the point that I'm at. I'm going to be working really hard to pay it forward. That's what it's called and share the knowledge and the mistakes and everything. So if anybody out there has been considering a podcast, creating one or has just started one, this lets you hear things I've ran into things I've had to think about, things I've had to learn, tools and everything else that I put together to do it on a budget. If you're interested, you'll need to check out LinkedIn. And if you go to CryptoTalkRadio.net and you go to the bottom of the page, our LinkedIn button's there, you click that, it'll take you straight to the CTR main LinkedIn page, company page, and the event is pinned on the uh, feed. So if you're interested in that one, you're, it's free, there's no charge, and you can check that out. I'll be preparing for that one on Friday after I record the uh, Combat Talk Radio episode for this Friday. And then the last part of internal news, I had a very interesting interaction with a couple people that reached out and it got me thinking that I'm going to need to make some more changes. I don't know what that means yet, but I'm going to need to make some more changes. But basically, I had a couple folks that were looking for certain information they couldn't find. And this is based on the way the site's built. So I'm going to be building a new section of the site. This is the main site, not Crypto Talk Radio. The main site that has our educational pieces, and I'm going to call it Basic Cryptonomics 101. People on YouTube know about this section, but basically it'll just have all of our different 101 or educational type episodes. That's where you're going to find it off the main site. And I'm just going to start building out that library of educational information helpful information about cryptocurrency. That's where you're going to go for those. So that's coming soon. I'm going to be building that out. And then the other update I'm excited about in the near future, this is on deck for April as part of my big vision for getting uh, supporters and everything else. In April, I'm going to be at some point making available transcripts. So transcriptions. What that means is that episodes will be available in transcript form. If you want to read it, you'll be able to go in and see the text of the episode and you'll be able to search against it. Now there's a lot to that, but I found a way that I can make it work 
it'll be a go forward change. So it's not something I can go retroactive on because of the, the service, but it'll be a go forward change from whenever I figure it out. You'll be able to go to, in this case, cryptotalkradio.net. You'll be able to go into a section that says episode transcripts. And in there, you'll be able to search and find if there was something that you heard or thought you remembered or something else, you'll be able to search it. Or let's say down the road, there's a currency that you were researching. You'll be able to search it there and it'll be on search engines. So I'm kind of excited about that one. Also for the accessibility crowd, because that'll give them another option for older episodes that they missed where it's not on YouTube to get access to the transcripts. My job is to try to make sure it's as accessible and useful as it can be, understanding I'm working on a budget. So I work as hard as I can within my budget constraint to provide the best possible podcast that I can. This is yet another step in that direction. Also, the board that I promised is coming. I'm going to be working on that one probably this week or next week for all the different things that I'm doing on the podcasts. And there'll be dedicated ones for each podcast. Um, we have the service updates, service roadmap at the bottom. This is going to be different. This is going to live tell you what's actively being worked on and what's not. So keep an eye out on that one. That's coming here in the near future. That's all I got for internal news for you. Let's go ahead and cut in our underdog token for today. And I'm pretty sure this one is still a thing. And I want people to be aware that I talked about this on YouTube. So if you're listening on both, you've already heard about this one before. I'm pretty sure I have not covered it on the podcast. That's why I want to share it here. And it's a follow on on the liberal financial episode around liberal bank. For those that were curious about it, here's what that one's doing. I did a end to end about the ecosystem and what they're doing. I ran into a bit of a concern with it and I'm going to reach out to them to try to get a resolution and an explanation. But for now, Liberal Bank was what I wanted to share and kind of an FYI and informational piece about how that works as my underdog today. Let me take a quick moment and just talk about the changes in the liberal financial ecosystem because they're evolving it at a rapid pace. And I think it's important to understand all the different things that are happening. If you're already in the ecosystem, you're likely already aware of much of this. If you're not in the ecosystem, I think it's something you should be aware of because it may adjust your investment strategy. Let me disclose up front, I do have a liberal bag. It's locked in what I'm going to be talking about today, which is a liberal bank. I've been in Libero since, I argue, yeah, pretty much since the day it launched because I have to invest and then test it, see what it's doing before I can provide fair coverage of it. So I've taken profit from it because I was part of the test and I've watched its growth and I've watched their strategy and I've watched the marketing. And there's been a lot of people chiming back in with concerns about Libero. And I've done my best to try to defray some of those concerns, but there still remains a number of different things that people are not really too happy about. And I understand why I think there's, I think they have a good vision for what they want it to do. And some of the things that people call out are negatives are truly negatives. Unfortunately, they're negatives that are part of the crypto business. Like every token does the same things. They all have the same issues. And then none of them seem to do it the way I'd like it done. That said, Libero, more so than many other tokens, is at least trying to act like a business in one sense. 
And that is the evolution of what they're doing. They're constantly changing and considering different things, almost to the detriment of the rest of their network. So let me start from the beginning, for those that don't know. There's a network, and I'm talking a, it's a network, truly a network of tokens. And it's all based on Thorium. So the Thorium tokens on the Binance Smart Chain, you can see it. And Thorium, I believe it's Thorium.Financial is the site. The, or Thorium.Exchange. So the Thorium token is kind of the parent token or the governance token for everything else. Anytime they do what they call an ITO, initial token offering, they're going to ask you to put up either BNB or this Thorium token or one of the other side tokens that they've, I believe, abandoned. I don't think they've abandoned them, but I, I just, they feel like they're abandoned. So the Thorium token kind of governs it for the most part, and then you got BNB, and in some cases, USDC. So they spin this up, and then later, they spin up Epic Hero. And Epic Hero is a, it's a token, but it's also NFTs that are around a game, and it's a staking game. So you stake your NFTs, and you can earn rewards. Some of the rewards are Epic Hero, some of the rewards are Thorium, and so on. And then you are supposed to earn rewards for just holding the NFTs. Far as I can tell, it does generate the rewards for holding the NFTs, but it's not that much. And there's a lot of complexity in their NFT model for Epic Hero. As a result, I've never covered it because it feels like it's on the decline and they've never really stepped that up. Then they have these other tokens and these are Thunder-based tokens. So they, they're Thunder ADA for Cardano, Thunder Cake, which is Pancake's core token, and then Thunder BNB, and then there's another one. I think it's Thunder ETH. And these tokens give you rewards, passive rewards, in those other core tokens. So you hold them, and then you get reflections, and then you go to this dashboard, and you can claim the reflections to your wallet manually. They don't automatically come. Those, they don't advertise those. You don't even see them on their site anymore, which is kind of interesting, because the tokens still work. I actually had some Thunder BNB from a long time ago. And it fluctuates in value, so I know people are buying and selling it. And it does still generate rewards, because I check the dashboard every blue moon. But they don't advertise it on the Thorium site at all. You can't even see it, as far as I can tell. So that was strange. Then they launched Multiverse Capital. Multiverse Capital is a multi... It was one of the first to do what's called farming as a service. Farming as a service simply means that they're going out to the different chains, so Avalanche... Uh, Ethereum, Binance, um, Phantom, and they're finding projects to invest in on your behalf and then they return you the rewards. So you hold multiverse capital and it gets constant reflections and the reflections percentages, the amounts that you get are based on the farming that it's doing. So it's a, it's a soft form of passive income, but it's around the multiverse capital token. The thing with multiverse capital though is that every now and then, they'll allow you to stake it to earn other tokens in the eco. So they'll say, you can stake your multiverse capital, or I call it MVC. You can stake your MVC and get Thorium, or you can stake your MVC and get Epic Hero. You can stake your MVC and get Libero, right? Then comes Libero. Libero comes in and they did a pre-sale and the pre-sales, they ITO, are all on their site under Thorium and they required you to stake your Thorium or your Thunder BNB or your BNB in order, or your MVC in order to get access to, to get a slot in order to invest in it. At the time, nobody was investing in it. I didn't see very much traffic up front, which was, I didn't, it wasn't unexpected, but I took it as an opportunity. I went and jumped in 
and got mine. So I used some BNB that I had that was throwaway money. Bought into it, had a pretty decent bag, I would consider. And at the time it launched, I want to say it had like three zeros in front of this. And then it steadily just dropped the zeros all the way up to a penny. So I took profits all the way up. I just kept taking profits because I wanted to test that I could. I wanted to test the performance. I wanted to see what was going on, see what this thing's about. And it didn't, it didn't let me down. So I took profits all the way up. So I was already at surplus by the time it hit a penny. I was already at surplus in terms of my ROI. I got all my money back and now I'm just getting profit over top. Eventually sold the bag. Not all of it, but I sold the vast majority. They released Liberal Bank. Now here's where the episode begins. They released Liberal Bank. Liberal Bank changed the game a little bit. So the Liberal Bank is there. So you have the wallet staking, which is basically in your wallet. You're getting the rewards and they're just sent to your wallet like reflections. The Liberal Bank is a second level of staking. And I want to explain how it works because it's I I'm intrigued by what they're presenting. Although I have some issues and I'm talking about both. With Liberal Bank, you take your Liberal, you stake it in there and you can choose how long you stake it. So you can stake it for a week, you can stake it for a month, you can stake it for a year, two years, three years, four years, four years is the max. Based on, and it's it's hierarchy, but based on how long you choose to stake your Libero, you they give you instantly X Libero in your wallet. The X Libero cannot be sold. So it's like a promissory note. And what they say is that as holding the X Libero, you get access to these benefits. Also, you're generating inside the staking pool rewards around Libero that you can you can withdraw those. So it's, think of it as it's a formalized version of taking passive income. You're taking money on the way up. You're taking profit by way of this staking pool instead of having it in your wallet and then having to calculate how much money you're going to take. So let's say that you were to stake, let's say 30,000 Libero in there, which is somewhat shy of 250 bucks, I think. If you stake it in there, you're going to get, I'm going to guess probably about three, maybe four, maybe $5 worth of Libero every day. You can withdraw it. Gas is going to be somewhere between 15 cents and 50 cents, depending on what's going on in that day. Withdraw it. So let's say you get a return of 300 or $3.50 for that day of just passive. You can choose to keep that Libero in your wallet and let it get reflections. And then it would compound as you keep withdrawing. So you're withdrawing and you're getting more and more and more. And then the reflections compound or you can leave it in there and it compounds inside of there. So let's say that $3.50 a day doesn't move the needle for you every day and you don't need the money. You can leave it in there, let it compound. And then say after every month, you're going to go and do a withdrawal, a bulk withdrawal. And then, then it might've been a couple hundred dollars and I'm making up numbers, but you get the point. You can either compound it inside the bank and with, or you can withdraw it every day and compound it inside your wallet. On the side, you also get Binance USD rewards. Binance USD, of course, is a stable coin pegged to the United States dollar, which means for every you're, it's true to life value. So as it grows, it's dollars. It's not like you have to guess what's the price of it. It's not volatile. It's stable amounts. This is in addition to the liberal. So you might get the, let's say, $3 a day, I'll throw a number. And in Binance, you might get an extra 50 cents. With the Binance, you can choose to then recompound that. And it doesn't really work the way that you might think. 
when you choose to recompound the Binance USD, that's the name of the option. That's why I'm describing it this way, but it's not really what it is. When you choose to do that, it will purchase Libero with no tax and it will send it straight to your wallet. That's not really compounding, but it allows you to buy it tax free. So you could, if you were taking the Libero and you were just stacking it in your wallet to let it grow inside the wallet, you could use the Binance USD, cash it back into Libero, send that to your wallet and then cash out the Libero that you would accrue, cash that to your wallet and then of course they are generating rewards together. You can also send the Binance USD to Epic Hero or Thorium or MVC. Sending to MVC will get you the most in terms of tokens. Sending to Thorium would get you the governance token or in, in the case of additional ITOs, gives you the ability to buy into the ITO assuming they use that. Doing Epic Hero, you could do that for games and then sometimes they have staking type pools and things. So you have choices of what to do with the BSD or you can leave the BUSD in there and the BUSD compounds with its APY while it's inside there. The unique, fascinating thing about the way that the bank works, as the price of Libero goes down, the percentage, the APY for the Binance USD goes up. So you get more Binance USD as people are selling and then you get less as people are buying into Libero. So if the price is jumping, jumping, you don't get as much Binance USD. You still get your predictable amount of rewards on Libero but the BUSD part is what fluctuates based on the popularity of buys and sells on the Libero token. So since it's a forced form, essentially, because you're locking it, since it's a forced form of taking income on the way up, it means if you're the kind of investor that you know, you're not, you're not immediately waiting to be a millionaire. You're not immediately waiting for anything and you're not at a loss and you're okay buying into a thing as long as it gives you some return that you can cash out, you don't care if you're win Lambo right away and you're okay leaving it there, you could send it there for four years. Now, the only risk there is, well, are they going to be around in four years? And that is truly a risk. And that's something you're going to think about because you're trusting them with this, which is why I said I was okay doing it because I was already at surplus. It's, it's raw profit. I, was, I, I would be at zero loss possible. If they trashed, it wouldn't matter. It's just extra unrealized gain as it is. So I was okay doing it. I wouldn't suggest that somebody YOLO into it and then not get an ROI because there's that strong risk they could choose to do so. There are people in Libero right now that have millions of Libero. Millions of Libero is a lot of money in this and they're getting a lot of passive income every day, a lot because of the, of the rate that they're offering those people likely would get an ROI shortly after like six months because of the way that the APY structure works, especially they put, and we're talking in the bank, by the way, because of the way the APY structure works, they're getting major amounts of bank every single month, every single month. Now, the beauty of this is that it also lets you dip your toe in the water a little bit. You can put some money in, lock it in the bank for four years, money you don't care about, throwaway money. Test the passive income structure I'm describing. See that money's coming out, you can take profits, right? And then let's say two years from now, you go in and you're seeing, well, do the calculations. Geez, I made $1,000 off this and all I had to do is let them hold it and I put in 
you know, a couple hundred dollars, not only am I at ROI, but I'm X, I'm 3X, 4X, and I'm surplus. Now you might feel more confident giving them a little bit more money to increase the passive income flow and then get back to ROI, right? And then give them a little bit more and then get back to ROI, give a little bit more, back to ROI, but you're not having to worry about wallets. You're not having to worry about your, the safety aspect because part of what they built, let's say that they get hacked or whatnot, which happened to Everrise. So we know it could happen. In Everrise's, the way they had it built out, and I'm pretty sure Libero is similar in the way they built it, they separated the way that the rewards pool is generated and staked and everything else from your core tokens so that the core tokens were always secured away from any kind of breach. This, the staking piece might be breachable depending on how creative the hacker is, but they're independent. Because they're independent, it allows them to take some action. I will tell you that they've, as a network, all of them, they haven't had very many issues of breach that I can find. I've done extensive research and it seems like they do a pretty good job of securing assets. And I want to remind you that Thorium has been around a long time. Epic Hero has been around a long time. Multiverse is a little bit newer. These, these guys, the developers behind this, they're not going anywhere in the short term because they've been around. They know that they've got something with this liberal thing. What it ends up being, nobody knows. So liberal bank changed the game it, because it, it formalizes the structure that they, the devs, when I say they, told you to do, which is take profit on the way up. It formalizes that and it turns it into an actual tool. They even created a button on their site that says take 1% profit every day because they wanted you to take profit. Well, then they realized that this is my closing. They realized that the, the end game is obviously to get on an exchange. As far as I can tell, none of the tokens in this ecosystem have been on a major exchange. I don't even think most of them are on minor exchanges. So they said the end game now is to get on an exchange, ideally major exchanges. As we know from other tokens, it's very difficult to get on major exchanges because of all the, the politics around tokenomics and fees and there's a lot to it. What they designed in order to solve the problem really caught my eye and I'm very intrigued on how it would work because if they pull it off correctly, nothing would stop them from getting on like Coinbase. Nothing would stop them from getting on like Binance. Nothing would stop them from getting on Gate.io. Nothing would stop them from getting on OKX. And if it gets on those, it's going to skyrocket if they're able to pull it off. What they designed was WLibero, which is an upcoming token. It doesn't really do anything. It's based on a known concept of wrapping. If you've seen certain tokens have wrapped BNB, WBNB, or wrapped Ethereum, WETH, right? Or wrapped Phantom, WFTM, and the recent Phantom Liberal Financial, which I'll cover separately. The wrapped is, is a somewhat newer, but not really, concept where you're basically think of a bubble and you're taking this bubble you create it and it can hold a different value inside of it than what created it so in the way liberals got it designed one wrapped libero might equate to say a hundred libero and the value inside of it it can expand so it can have greater value over time but it's still the one you're still trading one there's a similar concept in the stock market 
around not options, but there are similar options in the stock market where you can take a group of stock and trade it as one. This simplifies the onboarding process for the major exchanges because there's no tokenomics to it. As far as the trading goes, as far as the exchange goes, it sees one. One for a price. That's all it is. There's no reflections. There's no nothing of that one. The only time you realize any value out of what's wrapped is when you, quote, unwrap it, which happens when you cash it out. So to picture this in your mind, if I were to go into, let's say they get onto Binance. If I were to go into Binance and I wanted to purchase wrapped Libero, W Libero, I'm going to pay a price. The price is likely going to represent the multiplication of Libero that's inside of it. However, the exchange only sees one wrapped Libero for, in this case, let's say it's let's say it's a hundred at peak price. So one wrapped Libero equal to one dollar. Let's just say this, and then you buy let's say ten of them. So you have ten dollars worth. So you essentially have a thousand Libero value. You take that wrapped Libero, you send it to your wallet or to the bank, and then you quote unwrap it, which is a it takes a, a tool to do that online. You unwrap it and now you have a thousand libero. It's still worth the same value, but you're basically transporting it from the exchange into your wallet, but it allows them to get it on the exchange in the first place without having to worry about the tokenomics because the exchange wouldn't be able to deal with libero's tokenomics at all. None of them would. And that's part of the issue with many tokens. They have these fancy tokenomics, but no way to get the exchange to accept it because they can't work with it. That's what... That was my beef about affinity in their no exchange deep, deep, deep stance because they didn't want to rethink their structure to make it work on the exchange. They just said, we're just not doing it. They, it's our way of the highway and that's not the right answer. If Libero can pull this off, I think it creates the model for where Descend can be and can go because it allows Descend for those that want it, but it allows us to trade on the exchanges for those that want that without disrupting the the benefits that were given to the token up front. So like Kiva, for example, where they just completely get rid of the reflections and I was absolutely livid or para gets rid of the reflections all because they're trying to react to the, what the exchanges want. And it doesn't really help them because they still don't get on those exchanges. Whereas this one allows you to get on the exchange potentially without disrupting the tokenomics for those that actually just want the tokenomics and stay descend working on pancake swap or through the Thorium exchange. You can still do that but we get the benefit of people trading it on the exchange, which is where you're going to get the volume. That's where you're going to get the big bucks, which drives the price up. So it's a very exciting potential concept that they've got going on between the bank and with W Libero and X Libero and everything that, like I said, they're behaving like a company in how they're building it and forcing a utility upon it that I think it's worth a look. I'm going to stress this and I'm doing it at the end because I'm doing it to test if people actually listen to the totality of my audio. I'm going to stress, under no circumstances have I ever said, nor will I say here, that Libero is, quote, legit. Never. I will say they passed a certic audit with flying colors, essentially. There were some things that some people called out, but certic didn't call them as concerns. And we know that you have to really just behave, watch the devs as they behave and test them on that. It's the audit only tells you so much. Them having salty admins in the telescam, they all do that. You can't hold that against them. We have to look at track record. We have to look at behavior. We have to look at them performing and then test them upon that. 
It's not about whether they're legit at all, because if you heard me, you heard me say, just because it's a scam doesn't mean you can't make money, and just because you make money doesn't make it not a scam. I'm telling you only, I'm describing to you what it is that they're building, which increases confidence, at least for those that are motivated by passive income. And that's the goal. Just the key, again, don't YOLO into it. Take for profit on the way up. It's going to have ups and downs because people are going to buy and sell, but its volatility has been very low. It's been pretty darn stable. It goes up and down, but it doesn't dump like 200 per coin like Seifu did. It's pretty darn stable. And a lot of that's because of the bank, because when you put it in the bank, it increases stability. That's what the other ones lack. They talk about treasury, but treasury is only one part of the game. The concepts that Liberal is doing is actually adding stability to the project in addition to the potential for positive price movement in the future. So I see it as if they pull it off correctly, I see very strong positive price movement. I would say leading into the second half of 2022 for sure, I would expect strong price movement if they can pull it off and get on major exchanges before any of these other ones. Cause like with Yearn Finance, which is another I've never covered, it follows a similar concept in how it's on the exchanges and is able to trade and urine finance jumped up to the five figures. I'm not suggesting this can or will or should or does. I'm saying that there's a strong price potential in the future if you're willing to take give it a look. I'll wrap up by saying for those that are asking, Phantom Libero, which is F Libero, is the same dev team. It's the same process. They just created it as a separate token. Same tokenomics, same basic behavior. I'm pretty sure it has still access to the bank and everything else. They chose to spin it up as a separate token on Phantom. I didn't agree with the reasons they gave, but ultimately they felt like they wanted to have independent strength, like an independent population of people. And then at some point they would build a bridge where you can bridge your regular Libero over to Phantom if you wanted to. Consider though that Phantom, the network, doesn't have anywhere near the number of people that Binance does. I think I, I would have done the I would have done the straight over copy method that most have done where it's the same token on both networks. Cause I think the F Libro confused people. Cause it didn't take off after the presale. It it didn't. It got a little jump. They launched it at the same price as Libro. So I think that was a turnoff to some people. There was some dump, not a lot. I think they should just launch it as the same Libro to keep it simple. I also think that they should get on Ethereum. This is one I would want on Ethereum. Because in, ter in terms of interest, people wanting to do it, they did a whole dog and pony show in Times Square, big banner. They got it on their site if you want to see it. And that's great. The problem is in the United States, most people are not trading Binance. They're trading Ethereum. I, I don't like it because the gas fees are bull, but I recognize what it is. So if later they can get Libero, I'm talking true Libero, not an e-Libero garbage, but a true Libero branch over on Ethereum, this guy's not, this guy has no ceiling at that point. It's, it's going to go to the moon. So I'm excited to watch that. I just, I wish they would make smarter decisions about that part of it, but I am very intrigued by the stuff that they are doing. And as somebody who has stuff in their bank, that's just raw profit at this point, I've got nothing to lose. And so I'm going to watch the ride all the way up, but none of the other projects come close to what Liberal's building. And that's the key. When you hear me talk about Libero compared to the other projects, it's not close. Just because you have the APY is only one part of the game. Just because your rebase is one part of the game. Having a treasury is one part of the game. The banking concept, the wrapped concept, multi-chain, these are all different things. Staking, 
for different and farming, right? These are all things that I think if you don't have them, sustainability becomes harder. Doesn't mean the other projects won't sustain. Doesn't mean they won't succeed. You can invest in multiple projects and it probably makes sense to do so for a diverse portfolio. I'm saying that those that are denouncing liberal should really take a hard look because for the ones, if all you care about is just becoming a millionaire in two months, no, it's not for you. You could, but it's probably not for you. But for those that are considering passive income strategies, I can't think of any other project right now in the business that's doing it as well as liberal financial. And I'm saying that from my own perspective. It's up to you what you see. I'm just asking you to take a second look at it and keep it in the mind. And again, what do you have to lose if you toss a little bit of money that's throwaway money, test the passive income strategy, get your ROI, then what have you lost? You're already at positive because you got your money back. Something to think about. So again, that was Libero Bank, which is the evolved version of what Libero Financial has created on the Binance Smart Chain. And if you were interested potentially before in Libero and took a look at it, it's much different now. They put it on the finance, uh, excuse me, Phantom Chain and the bank and the ex-Libero and W-Libero are compelling. Now, I mentioned that I had one concern and that's that I see a discrepancy on the site. And if you heard me before, I said that anytime there's a discrepancy, also as a side, this is the reason I like to have PDF white papers so I can easily identify this. The only reason I knew about it is that I happened to be in the bank and somebody was too stupid to update one of the images. So I'm going to bring it to their attention and hopefully it's a non-issue and it's something they can easily answer. But it basically means that I have to hold them accountable like I've held everybody else. I like what they're doing. Uh, they're on the strong dip like everything else. Everybody else is on a significant decline because of, again, the current administration, tanking tokens, and then other things. Uh, there's various large companies that are dumping, which is why it's kind of sad that they're in them in the first place. But I think it's also just the current administration and their comments and everything else. Like, it seems like even the war is not having that much of an effect now. It's every time Biden or somebody in his current group opens their mouth, Crypto industry takes a tank, and it's unfortunate because we should not be influenced to that degree. Anyhow, do take a look if you get an opportunity, and it sounds interesting on Libero. If it does, take a look, see if it makes sense for you. I'm just sharing it. I do think there's something there. I think that they're working hard to build to something, and I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on the discrepancy I saw. It's not a major thing, but I don't like discrepancies. Once I get an answer on the discrepancy, I'll do a uh, out of cycle update on YouTube. I'm not going to bore you guys with it. And then Thursday's episode, I'm going to have a different underdog token because I don't want to inundate with too much information. So there'll be a different underdog. I already have that recorded. So keep tuned on that when it comes. That's all I got for you for today's episode. I wanted to keep it nice and slick and clean. Again, CryptoTalkRadio.net. I appreciate any comments, questions, suggestions, feedback you may have. It helps me so I know if there's things that I'm missing or things I'm not delivering, I want to make sure I get those where I can. I can't do everything, but if it's something that's easily delivered, like with the uh, closed captions, I'm happy to do it or at least look into it. Keep in mind that the site, the website is still under construction. There's things I'm adding, things I'm changing, things I'm improving. And then as I build towards the subscription, the site's going to change again. The site you see today is not the final site. I simply had to get something in 
that allowed me to give you and others somewhere to go to learn more about the shows and the channels and everything that we're doing. So there's, it's a work in progress and we're still constantly working it. In addition to the other stuff I do in my quote regular life, it's all coming together. I spend 20 hour days at this point and I don't regret any of it, but just bear with me. I'll tell you when the site's complete, complete, but you'll see and benefit from the evolution of everything as it goes. For now, that's all I got. I will check in back with you guys on Thursday. Also, one quick note I just remembered. For those that weren't aware, we are on Twitter. Specifically, this show is on Twitter. At CTR Crypto Radio. So the letter CTR Crypto Radio is Twitter handle. Please do feel free to follow us on Twitter. Anytime I do the YouTube updates, it does get sent out through that uh, Twitter account, CTR Crypto Radio. And we will include that as well as our YouTube videos. So if you're a YouTube and podcast listener, it'll also be on the screens going forward that that's out there. That is a sub account. The main account is at the CTR stage. That's where most of the commentary happens, responding and comments and questions. That's where that is the parent, but at CTR crypto radio is the Twitter account specific to this show. That information will also be updated on, I'm pretty sure I already did it actually on cryptotalkradio.net in case you forget. So if you're on Twitter, please do feel free to follow us, share our content from there. If you would be so kind, it helps us out. Maybe it makes it easy. I'm not asking you to create a Twitter account just for it. Just saying for those that are already on Twitter, Track us down at CTR Crypto Radio and help us out by sharing some of our content to your followers so that we can get more people on board. The more people we can get exposed to the good information, hopefully we can help clean up the business one step at a time. Take care, folks. I'm going to check in with you guys on Thursday. <laughs>